You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. And we're here to bring you casual conversation on the shows, films, concerts, and music that we may see, listen to, and observe throughout our careers. Today's conversation will feature, may and will, feature spoilers on the entertainment we were talking about, so make sure you've listened or seen what we're talking about. But if you don't, that's okay too, but we're just letting you know you have been warned because there will be some spoilers. Um, and we're here today. We're kind of plowing through the month of April. I almost said the month of May. I wonder why. Because <laughs> we're getting to May. It's <laughs> May, the lusty month. But that's coming up. Before we get into Camelot, we're going to go over to pop music first today. And I'm going to hand it over to you, Jeff, because we have a new album out today that we are discussing. So take it away into the pop music world. Pop this is pop. Okay. Today we're starting with Michael Madrano and his new album that dropped today, Love, Sex, Drugs. Well, actually, didn't drop today because today is Monday. But on Friday, yes. the album dropped, and that is Love, Sex, Drugs. Mm-hmm. This is Michael's first studio album after releasing a few buzz singles since... I think he started around 2019. So mm-hmm. through the pandemic, he's been releasing his singles And now he's dropped his album. And he likes to classify kind of his music as disco pop and disco sleaze. Okay. Okay. So lots of fun things going on there. But I wanted to hear from you first. What was your experience with listening to this album? I really enjoyed this a lot. I think there's a great vibe to it. It's so... I love when a beat and rhythm have really good, it's catchy, and then the lyrics on top of it are also really great. Yeah. And it's clear lyric, and I can understand what he's saying, and it's just, I don't know, like, this is really good to me. It was not too long. I thought it was a great length. It was, like, really easy to just throw on and drive. I was driving when I was listening to it. Um it was also very ABBA to me. It was so ABBA dancey. It had just, it just spoke to me, and I love the album artwork i just loved this Bring and that abba dance into the yeah sound. i will say personal heaven was a top favorite for me mainly because there is a key change in this song <laughs> did you notice it i, I did i, I was like 
Oh my God, you know me. I love a key change in a musical and I love it in a pop song because I always say, whenever I hear a key change in a pop song, Taylor's had a few, right? And I'm always like, there's a really smart music person on their team because it's always impressive when there's a key change in a pop song. Wait, when I literally wrote down my standout tracks for this song, I had put Naked is one of them. Okay. And Disco Sleaze is another one, which were both singles that he had previously released. So I think I like them a little bit more still because I have only listened to the album today and enjoyed it. But I put down Personal Heaven. Yeah, but I put down two more too and I want to know. But I put down Personal Heaven and I was like, because why? There is a key change. I was obsessed when I heard it. I was like, oh, it gives me the chills. Love it. I feel like we could have a whole episode on key changes. We should. You know what? I think we should choose like our top 10 or five or whatever, like best moments of key changes in musical theater and like best pop key change. And we know like Beyonce's like Love on Top has like eight key changes in or something. Mm -hmm. Like I love that. But anyway, we can I'm just like thinking back. Did we ever do that before? I thought we... Oh, did we? We might have actually talked about that. I think we did. We we have ninety something podcast episodes, on, so yeah, we we're might gonna get red for our key change. But like, I don't know. But we I, just love a key. Change. I love it. But wait, I will also say there were two other songs okay. on this album that I loved. Fluids, great, loved. <laughs> I was like, wait, there's so much going on here in the lyric, right? It was like about being fluid, okay. but then there was like fluids, plural. And I was like, well, there's a lot going on here in this. But like, I love that song. Loving that because this is going to be a topic of discussion. But what's your other song? Oh, the other one was Do Your Thing, Babe. <laughs> loved it. I was like, do your thing. I just loved that. Okay, so Michael, we liked basically the whole album. Basically named just about every song. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about Fluid a little bit. Okay. Fluids, because this was actually a single that he had released. And he had, I read this article with him that he did with Billboard. And he talked about how he went to Pride and after, I think, LA Pride. So he must be LA based. But he went to LA Pride and he woke up the next morning and he recalled what he did at that Pride. He made out with some women. He made out with some men. Okay. And he was like, oh, this is about being fluid. And like, uh-huh. why don't we talk about being fluid more? Yeah. And I really liked that. Yeah. Like saying, oh, okay. Yeah. Why do we label ourselves to yeah. these things all the time? And why can't we be more fluid? So uh-huh. the song was fun. You know, it's something that I think more people should probably listen to and be like, hmm, maybe I'm a little fluid. You're saying like that the listener might feel that way after listening to it or might be more open to that. Yes. Okay. Like the title of the song is Fluids Like Liquid Yeah, fluids, right. But right. it's also about being more fluid I, with your sexuality. I also found that, yes. And I also found like just like the tone of his voice and the way he's singing some of these songs is really like, oh, like it's just, you don't hear a ton of, you know, queer LGBTQ male Pop mm-hmm. singers that have and so many pop songs of the diva songs or the or female female female, which is great. Yes. But it was just nice to hear this album and feel like okay, I I really just like the clarity of his voice, what he's saying, the music sound. It was just great. I just really love the whole thing. And that's something that I feel like I am always more drawn to in pop music is the female voice and just yeah. that more. I don't know. Is it? What would you say? Is it more like enticing or is Maybe. it more? Well, I also, I also feel like when you think of male voices in the mainstream pop now, I mean, 
Think about this for a second. I'd love to know your actually your opinion on this. When you think of pop 50 years ago, 70 years ago, it was like Frankie Valli and it was like Elvis. And then it was Frank Sinatra, right? So you always had a leading male voice. Right. Then we went into like, oh, um, Marvin Gaye and Michael Jackson and maybe went there with the male voice, right? Yeah. Teddy Pendergrass, stuff like that. And then you went into the 90s and I feel like the 90s became so female dominated. And where was the solo male voice? We had NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Yes, they were, of course, solo male voices. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like, of the last 20, 30 years, it's been so much about, like, okay, <laughs> Michael Bublé and Josh Groban, sure, but I wouldn't put their voices on the same level as like Frank's Sinatra and Dean Martin and some of like the people that came before. So now when you hear but I like, and also really put them in more of like that, let's call it bubblegum pop area, right? Like who is you have country male leading, of course, right? Yeah. You have rap, of course, like those categories. I'm talking about like mainstream top forty male voices. Justin Timberlake, sure. Like I know that they're out there, but right? Came from NSYNC. So. Yeah, like um, Adam Lambert. Okay, sure, but like that's American Idol. Like Justin Bieber. Yeah, but sure. I'm just thinking, like, when I hear this, I'm like, we need more of this male solo vocal. Well, I think what always happens with the male voice is it becomes more of like that singer songwriter style. So, and it leans probably more pop rock than mm -hmm. it does in more of this bubblegum pop area. So we have things like. John Mayer or sure. like Harry Styles, right. which I would probably relate this yes. most to is like there Harry's is. new album. Right. He's kind of really, but he's a rock star. Yeah. He's not really a pop star. He's both, yeah, yeah. I guess. Fluid. Yeah. Ha. Yeah. There we go. But, right. <laughs> but all of those One Direction boys, but still One Direction, boy group, pop group. And then what? They went on their own after that. So it's like the same thing. I do think there's actually a couple of different like male voices right now that are bubbling under. Maybe I'll do a whole like TikTok or reel on yeah. this or something. But Michael's one of them. There's a song in the pop music drop that we'll get to sung by a male singer that I will say, but I don't want to ruin now. Yeah. And then there's another one named Z Machine. He's great. And Kalichi is also great. So there are great male voices in the pop scene mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And also Vincent, who we've talked about sure, plenty of times. Of course. So it's like they're there, but they're not really crossing over into this like mainstream radio area, and which is so interesting to me. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you always have it like in the Broadway space too, you male solo singers and cabarets and things. Like, of course. Like mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like more of this, please, pop industry, right? Right. So, totally. But I did love this album. I will definitely be listening to this a lot as Pride Month's coming up and Summer's coming up because I just really, really loved it. And I had a question to, for you, too, yeah. is like, for someone who's not really familiar all the time with the pop space, yeah. but like, where do you feel like you would hear more of Michael's music? It should be on the radio. It should be on... Uh, DJs should be playing it at clubs. Like yeah. it should just be out there. Well, that's what I'm, I kind of find interesting is like when we go to gay bars, it's like, oh, it's always female, Britney, and you know, or what Kim Petras, and like, we, sure, like, but of like course, even but... at times I'm like seeing Justin Bieber on the screens, but like, where are these guys yeah. getting their yeah. music videos and their well, music? The v, the, v, the VJs, right? Video is that what yeah. it's called? DJs and V, right? They should be promoting more of this. VJs, you're bringing up an MTV term. Oh, <laughs> don't even know. Wow, but yes, more of that in the spaces where people yeah. are gathering and listening to music, and and drag queens could be doing more shows with. Yeah. This music too, right? So. Right. Well, we love our female pop stars, but we also need to love our male pop stars. Yeah. And I think he's he's a great one. And I think he has a great image. Yeah. Oh, as yeah. As well. For I sure. I think 
he, looking at his brand a little bit, I think he has a good brand going for him. He has a mustache. Mm-hmm. He has nice hair. He's like a yeah. gay cowboy at yeah. times. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I think he's got it going. Love it. He's got it going. So. There we are. That's Michael Medrano for you all. Definitely check out his album because it's it's a great one. It's going to be sure. fun. But what time is it? Now we're getting ready to transfer over to Broad. Oh, well, it's. Camelot, the lusty month of... I, I, I can sing it all. So we're talking today also about Lincoln Center Theater at the Vivian Beaumont production of Lerner and Lowe's classic musical Camelot, mm-hmm. um, which is based on the original book by Alan J. Lerner with lyrics by Alan J. Lerner and music by Frederick Lowe, but has a revised book by Aaron Sorkin mm-hmm. and is directed by Bartlett Sher. Um, we went to Lincoln Center to see this. We, I would just like to say, we did see Philippa Sue. We did see Andrew Burnap. We did not see Jordan Zonica. He was out. And we saw his fabulous understudy, Christian Mark Gibbs, who had just went on the day before for the first time in the role and only had like a few hours notice. And like, you would never know because he was phenomenal. And I did miss Jordan because I've heard Jordan sing in the video clips and he sounds amazing too. But um, what are your, let's just talk overall about this. You did not see the film or any production of this prior, correct? Because no, why? He doesn't like to see the movies before. I do. He doesn't. I've seen the film. Uh, if you're watching the video behind him, actually, he has the original movie production uh, picture soundtrack behind them there. Um, do I need to see the film now? I mean, this film's classic, but I mean, you've seen it now. So, I mean... Take it what you will. But I, I have my <laughs> thoughts on this revival, and I really – we haven't talked too much about – if you follow us on Instagram, we do our quick, like, on-the-street reviews, so you get our quick, like, you know, 30-second thoughts. But now we get to talk about it more in depth. So what were your overall thoughts on this production of Camelot? <laughs> I wrote down that I was actually – Very pleasantly surprised with myself. With an old school show at the Lincoln Center Theater? Wow. I surprised myself, everyone. Well, why? Tell us why. I I really... I'll tell you. I really enjoyed this. And partially why I really enjoyed this was because I did not know that it was a comedy at most parts of this musical. Yeah. And I found that there was so much joy and humor in the comedic part of this play. Musical. Yep. So... Even with this musical being three hours long, it didn't feel like it. Yeah, for it me. didn't. It didn't. I actually thought that there would be, it, it would have a hard time cutting certain things. And the comedy just like made it fresh and mm. light and it flowed really well. I'm sure there's certain parts that could really be cut, but it just, it's a story with a great message. Mm-hmm. And I just liked it. I love, I've always loved this score. The plot's nice. You learn about the medieval times kind of in the Knights of the Round Table and all that, like in history class and in middle school, whatever, you know. But Which I'll see- throw myself under there because I probably did not really pay attention at that <laughs> well, time in school. But I learned a lot from this. And this is something that I always talk about. We learn in sometimes more from the musical theater and right. films than we do from the books in school sometimes. Like when something. you learn about Hamilton right. and now even this yeah. from the medieval times. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. It. Here's my thoughts on this. I love the Lincoln Center revival. I never actually really thought that in my life I would see this show revived because I just feel like it's older. And what do we see all the time? Oklahoma, The Music Man, My Fair Lady, some of the bigger, bigger, bigger ones. Yeah, but this is like Lincoln Center's thing. It is. And, and And 
I will say something. Aaron Sorkin revising the book, I don't really know where there were revisions. I don't really know where there was anything cut or trimmed. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's good or bad. I don't know. I didn't really think that this was like, whoa, Aaron Sorkin. Wow. I didn't think that. I was like, okay, it seems like I'm watching the same thing, but maybe there was a lot omitted mm -hmm. I'm not or changed. Um, I have no idea. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay to a, a pair... Apparently, this was the full original orchestration, nothing cut, nothing edited. Which is beautiful. Which is, like, gorgeous. Like, to hear, I think it was an almost 30-piece orchestra, which, ugh, like, I, I'm i all for, like, the seven-piece combo orchestras in a rock musical on Broadway. Like, great. But, like, when you hear these gorgeous, gorgeous melodies and these harmonies and all these instruments playing. And and yes, female conductor at Lincoln Center. I see female conductors on Broadway shows. I don't think I ever have at Lincoln Center, at, at the Vivian Beaumont anyway. Just amazing. I believe Kimberly, Gr Kimberly Grisby was her name. And I watch her. Yeah. I love an overture and an entract and, a, and an exit music, quite frankly, too, where I'm watching her, like, control it. She is controlling that room. Do you ever feel like at Lincoln Center, like that person is con in control of this whole room? And we had seats really where we could see her. Yeah. And commanding it. And I miss a lot of the Lincoln Center shows, the stage opens up and you can see the orchestra. They didn't on this one. Spoiler alert. If you were really looking forward to that, like a King and I and South Pacific and My Fair Lady, the stage would open. It did not open on this one. But Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, I will say, Andrew Burnap as Arthur, great. I loved him. Loved him. He was that. really great. Um, and like I said, Christian Mark Gibbs, Lancelot, I, I think the best song on the show is If Ever I Would Leave You. And I think that's a really challenging, gorgeous song to sing. And I love it. I thought he did amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Philippa Sue, you're singing gorgeous. Like, she's grown for me so much. I loved so her in Into the Woods. Now she's here. And I'm like, you're doing the Julie Andrews vocals. Like, she is, this is an iconic role. Yep. Philippa is on a great track yes. for us right now. Because Good in Hamilton... We don't need to discuss Amelie. And then <laughs> yeah, Into, Amelie, the Woods, yeah, Into the Woods. Into the Woods loved her in it. And I loved her in this. I was really, I really loved her in this. I also really loved Taylor Trench and uh, I believe in Marilee Talkington. Um, they were amazing in the supporting roles. Dakin Matthews as Merlin and Pelinor. I don't know if that's always done that way, but having the same actor play both of those roles makes complete sense. Like everything just worked for me. The ensemble but that role was great. Pelinor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just in the show. He's in and out of the show a lot. It's just like annoying, like sticky. <laughs> yeah, but some of those stuff. I would characters. rather there be like a voice of reason <laughs> coming from the ceiling yeah. than to like have to I mean, yeah. he did a great job, but it's just yeah. like if there was one role that I would cut from the show, that Okay, well. It's literal medieval history. So. I know, but still, it's just <laughs> well, like. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Okay, well, he was a great actor. And he did a nice job. <laughs> I know, but the role is that. <laughs> yeah. Also, the costumes were great, but that sword fighting was great. I was like, you have to give Christian Mark who is understudying this role and doing all this sword fighting. I'm like, wow, we're seeing him do it the second time, and I'm like, yeah, blown away. Yeah. Here's another thing I would like to say. Costumes were wonderful. Lighting, the technical elements are great. Let's talk about set. And this kind of leads into something else I want to kind of talk about here. Big topic. The raked stage was great. I loved how they climbed up, mm. like almost like they were climbing over a hill with those steps way in the back. Beautiful. Loved it. Chills. I loved it. I I loved the white pulled away, like the snow is gone and now it's spring. Love that. Like moments were great. I do feel at times like just the art, arching 
um, like as if we're in a great hall. It works, but like, and like some of the gratings that came down to show hallways and stuff, fine. I just, I wasn't blown away by the set. And I'm sitting here all the time and I'm like, why am I always like not extremely impressed with sets lately on Broadway shows? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, it was great. It did its job. It's fine. But something about certain scenery pieces to me are working and some are not. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, first of all, the question is, did you like the set? Did it work? Did you wish we had like big castles? And to me, like when he was climbing the tree on this on the ladder outside the proscenium, I was like, put a tree there. Like how cool would that have been to have this huge tree? I don't know. I get it. It didn't need to be there, but it could have been nice. Mm. I'm kind of a traditionalist like that sometimes. I feel like that's where I'm not a traditionalist yeah. with theater. I I get the point of having a great, well-thought-out set and, like, a specific set that people are expecting. Yeah. yeah, But sometimes I like the option of you kind of creating that own image. And I feel like we've talked about that plenty of times no, where I'm like, oh, okay, I get what they're doing. The castle would be there. The tree would be there. Right. This would be there. That's fine. I think, yeah, I I just feel like for myself, it doesn't matter to me. Right. And if you're going to the theater for an amazing set, then that's what you want. Well, that's why I kind of want to talk about it. I, a couple of days ago on Playbill, an article came out um, written by Dane Laffrey, who's a set designer bro. And it says, the title of the article is, for those of you who want to read it and look it up, Excess Doesn't Always Equal Excellence in Set Design. And his statement says, I designed the sets for Parade and A Christmas Carol, and I don't believe a set's value lies in how much it costs or how lavish it is. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how Christmas Carol was really lavish because it called for that. And Parade is not because it doesn't always call for that. And he talks – and you could read the article. He just talks a little bit – he said, um, there is a – been." I'm quoting him here. There have been dire warnings of a dearth of lavish scenery and productions that penny pinch on visuals while charging premium ticket prices. Because there is a talk in theater today, like, why are you still charging all this money? And there's like bare stages. So for me, it's like, I, I we haven't seen Parade yet. That's coming up next. I heard there's a lot of projections and it's more bare. But then when you look at Christmas Carol, like, whoa, like totally works. But the set of Christmas Car- Carol is a character. Right, because it is literally part of his journey through this rabbit hole of sorts, right? right. Whereas but, Parade might not need that. But then I'll talk about this, for example. Like, look at Doll's House. All this money being pulled in. Premium ticket prices with no set. It works because it's a specific look, right? But then I look at something like Some Like It Hot, and I say, I don't know. Like, something was missing in the set for that. We talked about that. Like, it was, like, one set the whole time. So, because for me, it's very... Because when you're doing very... a big spectacle, it's expected that you're going to have a huge set. Yeah, like... And Some Like It Hot is the spectacle of the season. Right, but then there's just, like, a bunch of doors on stage and they make a bit out of it. Okay, so they worked with what they have. But when they have, like, the office scene, like, a little tiny desk comes out, I'm like... So, to me, it's a case-by-case basis. Dane, uh, Dane in this article makes a great point. You have to do what the show calls for. Right. And you have to go with the vision of the show. So I totally get that. I always sometimes think, like, when I'm watching My Fair Lady and that set is moving and she's going through the rooms, I'm like, oh. And the boat and Kane and I are like, oh, my God. And then I'm like, maybe there could have been something in this Camelot production that was like, oh, my gosh, look at that castle in that one moment. I don't know. Just yeah. a thought. I, every show is different for me. 
sometimes it's it's not yeah you you shouldn't go into a show saying oh my gosh where is the set I paid all this money like you should be more about like well did the story get told correctly I get that right and you also never know a budget right we saw a beautiful production of Skin of Our Teeth at Lincoln Center which a, amazing budget beautiful right. set right but now we're doing Camelot with some actors that probably are making more than most actors on Broadway and. How does that even even out? Right. I think people don't really always think about the budget part of well, that's why too because Doll's House we don't know how much Jessica Chastain is making. Well, right, and if that's what the part of the budget is for for those premium price tickets, right. what Dame says here also in the article is he said, I believe that great set design is a crucial aspect of making memorable theatrical events, but design must evolve to meet the moment and its evolution must not be limited by an outdated idea that excess equals worth. And I get that. And right. I appreciate him looking at this from both perspectives and saying, look what I did with Christmas Carol. Look what I did with Parade. He also did, I believe, Once on this Island, which, like, that was so great with the real river. Right. You know, so, I mean. If it calls for it, I, I do agree with that. It's the same thing when you go to a pop concert. And if there's a set, how is the stage set? Or what are you going for? Are you going for the performance of that singer? Yeah. Right. And everything else is extra. The same thing as I'm going to see a production performed. Whether there's a set or not, you mm. could see a blank stage and watch people perform. Right. I'm paying for the performance. So that's why I'm not always totally set on, oh, the set was eh. If yeah. I'm looking at the set, that means I'm bored with the performance. Well, Right. And the set is supposed to literally set the scene. So you are, and what I did get out of the set design of Camelot that I didn't think did work is this large hallways, grand, great rooms, big space, which yeah. Lincoln Center shows very, very well. So it works. But listen, I overall, we could have a whole podcast about set design, but I found this article I think it was great. It was April 4th on Playbill.com by Dane Laffrey. Uh, if you want to look that up. But overall, I, I did really like Camelot. I suggest people go see it. It was gorgeous music. Just the music is and so gorgeous. I did want to ask you a question, too. Yeah, I was, yeah. As a director, yeah. how did you think overall the production was directed? I thought it was directed nice. I thought it was directed fine. It wasn't anything out of the box. Mm -hmm. I don't think this show really calls for anything to be out of the box. I also don't think it was extremely safe, either. I think that it was nice that things were played down to the audience. I always think, bring Pete, your audience in. Those That sword fight was down. Yeah, Some of that was down. I liked the rake stage. It was it was fine. It was nice. I I thought overall it was directed fine. It was it was a classic brought to life, and I did I did enjoy it overall. And I finally got to hear the lusty month. The lusty of month of May. May. I love that song. Which is a great song. Which I wanted to do a through line from lusty month of May to our pop conversation earlier. Okay. You had a favorite song about fluids. Fluid. Lusty month of May. We saw a very fluid. That was wonderfully directed. Staged. How there was different types of couples all on the stage at the picnic and it was so rep one wonderful representation loved that we just connected pop music We're connecting and theater together michael madrano's fluid and camelot's the lusty month of may who would have thought who would have thought exactly <laughs> but we loved this so go check that out it was really really wonderful and we love the lincoln center stuff and like and we were talking on the way home like what's next they always keep Every couple of years, putting a big huge. Or what do we want them to do? Yeah, hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Comment. Let us know. <laughs> All right. Like we want, like Annie, get your gun, or like no, we want. Um, what do we think? Do we say? What's the haul out the holly? 
Paul. Oh, meme. Meme. We do need a meme revival really bad. Like a big, big meme revival. Lincoln Center, meme. Meme. Um, off to some pop music drop now, yeah, right? We're getting close. Oh, to we're getting close to the end. Oh, half hour's uh, coming up. Okay. Pop music drop. This is where I ask Richie six songs from the pop Friday, New Music Friday. Yes. And we're going to go bop or flop. Starting with Oliver Heldens featuring Kylie Minogue. Song 10 out of 10. Bop loved it. The bop. Bop. Yes. <laughs> then we have Alesso and Ty Dolla Sign Caught a Body. Love it. Bop. Also, Bob. Two for two. Up next, Avery Anna, Self Love. It took me a little while to get into this. I still put it Bob, though. I love the lyrics. I love the message of it. I, I, While I was listening, I was yeah. like, I didn't know about this one either. Yeah. And then as I listened more, I was like, wow, these lyrics are really yeah. thought out. Yeah. And yeah. Love it. Great. Then we have Cut and Bump. Love this. <laughs> I keep listening to it. I'm like, Bump. Okay, Bob. Bob. Ellie Golding, who also released her album. Yep. Um, this song that I picked here was Midnight Dreams. Yeah, love this. Bop for sure. It's all bops today. Five for five. Yes. And then Souvenir Single Karma. Love this too. Bop. Great vibe. Everything was bop for me. Well, you know, it takes it takes a lot for me to say that. All right. Yes, Jeff. <laughs> I had help with picking my six songs today from my good friend Ken. Okay. So we'll have to give him some credit <laughs> as well. That. But look that. at that. Six for six. Amazing. Amazing. From pop music to bops to Camelot and everything in between. Yeah. Love it. So great. Oh my gosh. We're running out of time. Um, all right. Well, listen, this was this was a great episode. We got to talk about a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm g- glad you had Kenny helping you with that. We also had um, Kenny's husband, Owen, with us at Camelot, and he came with us to watch that. He enjoyed that, too. It was nice to have a friend. We always are at a show, usually with someone. We always have a friend coming with us. Sometimes we're alone. And we have a lot of shows coming up. So, so there's like I think we have three in one week. So we got to so space many. these podcasts out. There's so much that's happening. Where you need to follow our Instagram because that's where you get our on the street. Review. Yeah, we always give you a quick little glimpse of like what we thought as we're walking out of the theater for like thirty seconds, and you don't want to miss that. So make sure on Instagram. Check we give out. you our thoughts during intermission. Yeah, on the street. A real. We give. It's we great. give every Instagram. <laughs> Well, listen, everyone, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Leave us a review if you love what you heard today. And we also want you to join in our conversation and engage with us. So head over to our Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast and comment on the latest post about this episode. We really want to hear from you. Um, We've really been loving this weekly pop and theater combo, two worlds of coming together. Um, Those two worlds are more similar than you think. That's our mission here at Two Worlds Entertainment. So Fluid music. There we go. <laughs> Lots of Broadway coming up. And it's crazy. We were talking about how there's so many shows coming up, but then we have next season starting in May and there's new shows coming for the next Tony season. So lots going on. Make sure you're following us. Good thing we like Broadway. <laughs> and Broadway likes us. We hope. Well, thank you all so much. Uh, and that's it. We're getting ready to sign off. So ta-ta for now. Signing off. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.